This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. It's Wednesday. It's me, Toby Payne Cook, and it's time for the Late Late Chat Show. Um, Ed is maybe joining later, um, but we are going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about memory, about um, what we remember most from school, about semantic versus episodic, all that sort of stuff. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. So, um, Ed contacted me earlier on, my dear friend Ed and co-host, um, and said, oops, he had forgotten that his sister had invited him to a gig. Um, a, the Unthanks, a, a kind of folky duo from ooh, somewhere up north. I've seen them before, um, far northeast, I think. Um, and I've seen them before at the end of the Road Festival in 2010. So Ed is there watching them, and he thinks although it's unlikely from what he just messaged me just now, that he thinks listening in Sheffield. Hello. Good evening, Education Taylor. I think that might be Paul. Um, and good evening, Lucy. And good evening, anyone else who's about to join us. Uh, and and hello to everybody who's listening back on Catch Up, uh, whatever you do, wherever you do it. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Ed's watching the unthanks. There was two sets, and so he may get in at the end of the show so we'll see so um but as we cancelled a couple due to due to illness um a few weeks ago uh we thought i ought to kind of have a crack at going on my own which is a bit strange because obviously i love chatting to ed so um i'm gonna be talking about kind of memory and what we remember most from school but i'm going to come back to that in a, in a few moments because what ed and i normally do at the beginning is have a bit of a catch-up about how we are what we've been up to um i know that quite a few teachers are still on holiday this week because um they didn't break up till the week before easter so they had a week off before easter and they've got a week off after easter now um including ed and anyone who I think teaches in Devon, um, I think Leicestershire is still on holiday, according to Emma Turner. I think some people, but a lot of people are back. And so um, whether you're back at school or still on holiday, there we go. So let's talk about holidays a little bit. Um, I have had, as, as Ed has pointed out to you before, the most ridiculous of Easter holidays. I think the Easter holiday is perhaps the best one. Um, in a way, um, summer's long and wonderful, um, but and um, Christmas is obviously can be great, but it's complicated by the fact that kind of everyone's on holiday at Christmas, and it's dark and it's miserable and it's gloomy, and there's a lot of family politics, and there's a lot of kind of formal um, getting togethers and stuff. Whereas Easter's a bit of a sort of free run, free mo- yes, yeah, good but crazy. Lucy, I agree, good but crazy, um, and so I but. I am sort of waiting for my life to change. So, um, you know, awaiting, awaiting, uh, 
the conclusion of my my separation and divorce stuff. So so it's been a bit of an unsettling time, but I kind of parked all that in the holidays. Had a lovely week down with my children, my two the two girls, and then Ollie came down from university for a few nights down at my mum's in Devon. And then good evening, good evening, other people joining. And then um uh, so I had a nice time in Devon with the kids, really good time. And my mum's on quite good form. She's a bit mellower than she has been for a while. And then um, I had a week down in Devon on my own where I caught up with Ed and had a nice Sunday pub lunch with Ed and saw some other family down there. And I came back up here to Kent to my humble temporary accommodation. And then I decided the Easter weekend to catch up with as many families as I possibly could. So over the course of the Easter holidays, I saw 33 family members um, no more than 11 on any one occasion. Um, anyone who knows me well, who who's follows my ramblings on the Twitter sphere and um, knows that I'm one of, well, you, I don't think many people will know this, I'm one of seven children from my dad. Um, my dad was born in 1917 uh, and fought in the Second World War and married his first wife during the Second World War, had two sons and then she died in fairly tragic circumstances um, shortly after the war. And so he then remarried, had three more children. So I've got five elder half-brothers and sisters. The eldest is 79. And then uh, number five, named Quentin, appropriately, um, he is um, 66. And then there's quite a big gap. Um, and then there's me, 49, nearly 50. And then my younger sister, 47. So... I saw two of those siblings in Devon, one was down there, who live down there now, uh, half-brother in Stamford Hill, in, in North Hackney, in North London on Good Friday, and then my eldest half-brother and some nephews and nieces who are the same age as me, and then um, I saw my sister in Buckingham, and then I saw my second eldest brother and stayed at my niece's house in Oxfordshire and had a wonderful time. But they're also different. You know, some are kind of fairly, fairly militant socialists and, and atheists. Others are actually vicars. Um, well, my sister's married to a vicar, so I went to church Easter Sunday morning. And and then um, some are really pretty humble and don't have a huge amount of money. Others, um, well, uh, are, are obscenely rich and have made a lot of money um, and, and drink very lovely wine and give it to me, which is which is marvellous. So it's a really, really fantastic. So I, I can't think of a holiday which has been better. I've caught up with friends. I've caught up with all the most important people in my life, family, and I've been to some lovely walks in Devon. So anyway, enough about me. But that kind of makes us reflect on on stuff. So I'm back at school, lovely to be back at school. Um, sun's been shining, children are happy. A uh, couple of colleagues still off with with the COVID who've had the COVID at the end of the holidays. But um, we'll be back in, I think, um, tomorrow and then one in not back in until next week. Um, but no children off with it at the moment. So um, that's that. It's very strange. It's very strange not having Ed to talk back at me. And um, if I can, before we move on to talk about memory, if I can say one more thing, that um, one of the worst things about my holiday is that my mother has on the TV rather a lot. Um, she's 80. She's lived on her own in Devon for a long time. She reads the Daily Mail and 
gosh, I've tried to stop her, but, you know, it's up to her at the end of the day. Um, and she watches a bit of GB News, and it's pretty bloody horrible stuff. It's it's just, but, you know, aside from the politics and the self-professed, non-biased, completely biased sort of thing, what I find most irritating about it on in the evenings is you have these solo presenters, people like that horrible man, um, Nigel Farage and some other people who is it, Dan Wooten and oh, and they just but they're, they're solo presenters and they're not very good presenters. And and I think that's that's why this TT radio format works quite well, I think, with Ed and myself because Ed sort of chips in and shuts me up occasionally because I can talk the hind legs off a donkey as you know and so um it's quite nice for Ed to chip in and shut me up or on a on a chat show um you know for for a co-presenter to to quieten people down on and offer a little bit of countenance on television um anyway so there we go um right then it is now. What are we doing? We've made it till 10 past 10. I haven't got a tweet of the week, people, So, but let's do the sound effects because I'm not really using Twitter very much at the moment. I haven't quit it, but I'm not very active on Twitter, which has really changed my timeline. So the sort of stuff I get to see because I'm not sort of liking and um, retweeting a huge amount of stuff at the moment and, uh, um, and not tweeting very much. It means that the sort of things I'm seeing on my timeline are quite different. Uh, and I think there's quite a lot of people who aren't using Twitter at the moment, it, it, either that or because I'm not that active on it. I'm not seeing quite a lot of stuff. But um, I'm still going to do the uh, sound effects because I like, I like you know, the sound effects. Where are we? What was the sound effect for Tweet of the Week? We haven't done Tweet of the Week for a long time anyway. Ah, it's that one, isn't it? I think it's that one. Or is it that one? There we go. Oh, no, that's maybe not Tweet of the Week. But anyway, um, so so I haven't... I'll tell you something I did notice on tweet, Twitter, though, um, but I haven't got it saved as a bookmark so i'm not going to find it is our dear friend who is a sort of follower of the show at times um uh llewellyn 20 at llewellyn 20 he of the um jeff and elaine fame um his, his in-laws and also recently he's been tweeting about his mother as well who came to stay um but he's been walking in some beautiful scenery and he put out a wonderful tweet about how um for mental health um there's really nothing better than going for a walk and possibly going for a walk alone. And obviously for a beautiful, inspiring landscape or coastal um, scenery or a beach, um, then that's all the better. And I think, I think from my personal life experience, I think I completely concur. So I would like a shout out to, I'd never know his name is AR at Llewellyn 20. Um, and that is it. Seven new messages. Oh, let's have a look down there. Then where have they all gone? Oh, no, that's just that lot there. Okay. Um, so, um, but there has been a survey on Twitter, not by myself or Ed this week, um, which um, a fine gentleman who I think Ed knows um, called Paul Taylor um, put out a survey about uh, what we remember most from school um hang on so i'm just going to go to twitter on my phone okay and i am going to go to my bookmarks here we are and i will find it 
bear with me. Oh, bit of slowness. Okay, here we go. So Paul Taylor at TikTok 80, who I think may be listening in. Um, what do you remember most about your own school days? Please complete this and retweet it. I really need your help. So Paul tweeted the question, what do you remember most about your own school days? And it had 32 likes and 92 retweets. And the survey attracted 2,018 votes. So a very, a very decent sample. Um, and uh, that um, therefore means I think the the uh, the result of this survey is pretty um, statistically valid. Of course, always skewed on Twitter, but still. So the question was, what do you remember most about your own school days? Please complete this and retweet it. And the answer options were lessons slash subjects, teachers, visits slash residentials, residentials, and extracurricular. And I retweeted this earlier on. I retweeted it yesterday as well, I think. Um, and I can retweet it again after the show um, if you need me to. But so let's just go from the bottom up. What do you remember most about your own school days? 10% lessons slash subjects, 12% extracurricular, 14% visits slash residentials, and a whopping resounding 64% teachers. So that's a pretty, pretty big result. Now, I've got some stuff to share with you um, from a, a direct message discussion with Paul um, earlier on this evening about the, the background and the context of why he did the survey, which we'll, we'll come to in a moment. Um, uh, but I think that's really, really interesting. I'm going to read those out again. So the question, what do you remember most about your own school days? And the lowest return was, oh, someone wants to call in, Chamois. Do I know who Chamois is? Okay, well, I don't know who Chamois is. Um, and um, I will, because um, I don't really want to accept people who I don't know. Um, Chamois is being the most rebellious human ever. Okay, maybe not then. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Yes, so 10% um, lesson subjects, 12% extracurricular activities, so presumably outside the classroom stuff, not, not kind of core curriculum, and 14% um, visits and residentials and 64% teachers. So I, this definitely, I answered teachers in the survey as well. So it meets my own experience, the results of this. Um, but of course, they, the answers to that, before we go into the kind of motivations for, for Paul asking the question, the answer to that sort of go counter to how a lot of the teaching profession talk about education, both in the DFE, you know, the kind of Govist, Gibesque world, and also um, how it's discussed on, on Twitter and EduTwitter and stuff. Um, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff, isn't there, about cognitive load theory and a lot of stuff about, um, you know, cognitive load theory and, and kind of the, you know, Ebbinghaus forgetting curve and, and how a real focus on, you know, 
in a certain part of the education world, you know, a greater focus on knowledge rich and direct instruction and, you know, sort of instruction. And, and whilst, of course, you know, if you are trying to teach children a difficult concept to get them through a math GCSE or a science GCSE or something, then, you know, uh, the whole relationship side of things can seem less important. But that's what we remember from school. We remember how people made us feel. Both our friends, there was no friends option. But we'll remember that, you know, friends will remember certain events and episodes with those friends. But we'll remember teachers and how they made us feel. Both, both good teachers, or, you know, whatever that means. Um, but both the teachers who are, uh, you know, we engage with and and we have positive relationships with, but also probably the ones who we didn't engage with and we didn't have a positive relationship with. So it's really very, very interesting. Um, I'm going to have a sip of wine, everybody, just a little pause. Um, let's see what's going on in the chat, just to see if anything has come in. I should have added friends. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Shaz Drama on Twitter. Okay, cool. Hi, Shaz Drama on Twitter. Right, friend of TTT. Okay. Oh. And um, so I am going to just talk a bit about Paul's motivation for the survey. I think we'll do that now. Um, and then we'll come back and talk about memory and um, I'll talk a little bit. Ed and I were going to have a chat about what we remembered most about school, which I'd really quite like to do with Ed. Um, but I will get into that a bit later on because I think that's that could be quite funny. Um, right, I'm just going to go to my direct messages. And so Paul told me that the reason he did the survey. Um, so Paul, first of all, Paul is a um, P teacher and trust senior vice principal. Um, at um and so he he's he's a leader an education leader and he's been trying to basically gather this data to i think oh hang on a minute lost it now there it is du, 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 du. sorry everybody for not being very eloquent uh here we are and the focus of the survey was for a huge push on personal development in the academy i work in delivering staff cpd about how we deliver personal development and character education and wanted an evidence base to prove that people remember people which is which is true we do remember people and the survey's shown that and proved that and and it's a huge part of our educational experience of our life experience i totally agree um goes on to say that maya angelou's words of i've learned that people will forget what you said people forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel. That's very, very true. Really resonated. I'm going to read that again because it's a wonderful, wonderful sentence. Maya Angelou's words of, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So that really resonated with the outcome of the survey, of this survey. The 64% that people remember teachers more than anything else. Everything else was below 14%. Um, I need staff to realise that they are the vehicle to feelings, emotions and experiences for students. And students need to feel that staff authentically value their development beyond academia. 
So the the the, the actual teachers um, value the development of the pupil as a human being, as a character, as an all round contributor to, to to this wonderful life. Rather, this, this is not um, these are no longer Paul's words, by the way, <laughs> and um, rather than just being a vehicle to get them to learn a little bit about the periodic table or a little bit about, sorry, I'm being stereotypical here, Oxbow Lakes, or a little bit about, you know, the, the um, wives of Henry VIII or or even, even something perhaps more, perhaps uh, applicable and important for everybody to understand, you know, the causes of the First World War or, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I've, you know, picked out a whole random selection of things that we get taught in school there. Um, and it's not just about teaching that content or, or simultaneous equations or, or you know, negative numbers or, or whatever. Um, and so it's not just about, that's not what we're there for as teachers. We are there to, to broaden and develop relationships. And I think it's a far more important thing. And that, that's true in secondary just as it is in primary. We've talked about that, that real boundary on this show before you know how how in primary it is really all about relationships and and um you know that that relationship in the classroom you know the pupils so well you teach them everything you're with them all day every day whereas then in secondary you know you might teach you know loads and loads of classes loads and loads of children and and some in certain subjects you mainly teach them for an hour a week you know some you may get them to three three hours a week or four hours a week perhaps but um you you know it's it there's a it's much more of a treadmill isn't it so just carrying on with the rest of the paul stuff that paul said um i need staff to realize that they are the vehicle to feelings emotions and experiences for students and students need to feel that staff authentically value their development beyond academia We'll be delivering personal development in our academy based on the Jubilee Centre's framework for character education. Simply put, personal development will be caught, brackets model, taught, input and sought opportunities enlightenment. This survey was designed to highlight that the most precious commodity for the personal development of human beings is other human beings. Rita Pearson calls it the value and importance human connection, relationships. We are more than the academic, technical and vocational. It's our job to ensure that students can engage with society and give them the opportunities to do so. And so, um, yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely um, fantastic. And I'm really pleased that the results of the survey have um, so resoundingly supported supported your mission, um, Paul's mission. So um, very interesting. Now, I've had some interesting conversations about education with various family members and and friends of family members over the last few few days and weeks actually and I think anyone who's listened to this show read my tweets read my blogs um knows that that and I I still I keep meaning to do so I haven't done so I um James Mannion who runs the uh Rethinking Education podcast um which I think is wonderful. Um, he is organising, I'm not sure he's organising on his own, but he's organising the Rethinking Education Conference, um, which is, I think, in London, about the third weekend in September. Um, submissions to speak at it are still open. It's the Rethinking Education Conference. James Mannion on Twitter um, runs that podcast. And, and it's a conference, and 
um, James has asked me to put a submission in to speak, and so on, which I keep meaning to do, but the life has been busy, and I'm going to do it. I'm aimed to do it um, in the next few days, because. Um, but I think they're open until June, so so I'm going to be speaking that. But I I have a kind of fantasy edutopia in my mind, and I just think we've gone, we've run astray with education. We're a bit fixated with, you know measuring this point in time you know of comparing people when they're 16 on a very narrow basis of 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 um, you know we're comparing them on how good they are at maths or how good they are at english or how good they are at history science french music drama art even if you're lucky enough to study music drama or art at school um you know um and we're comparing them so we're comparing people on a very narrow band of who they are based on their ability to learn and remember stuff. And then we're comparing them at an age where they are still very confused beings because they're still in the mire of adolescence um, and with all sorts of external influences, you know. Um, and, and then, you know, what happens at that point has a huge, huge determination on, on our path into and through life. Um, and yet some people can be quick developers, some can be slow developers, some people can be having a really, really tough time in their private life. Some people just not really suit that narrow band of education that we have. Um, whereas, you know, others obviously just embrace it, fly through it, um, you know, teach to the target, learn to the target. And, and and get some lovely numbers grades at, at 16 and 18 and even 21 to be honest and so I think I think it's a really inflexible and I think it's a really narrow and I think it's a measurement obsessed world that we have ended up in and and I don't quite know how we've got there but we seem to be finding it very hard to kind of extract ourselves from it um and so a far greater focus on on our sort of character dispositions, on uh, emotional intelligence, and and you know, uh, as I've spoken about before, uh, the school of life, uh, Alan de Botton, and all all that sort of philosophy about how how we are utterly fixated, and it's not it's not the people who do this fault really, you know, it's not I'm not knocking math teachers, and I'm not knocking. Um, I'm not even knocking maths exam boards or, or whatever, but, you know, we, we are fixated about how good the next generation are going to be at maths um, or at passing exams um, and and not really that worried about how people fathom shame or rage or or deal with how good they are at marriage and relationships and, and how good they are, at, you know, just generally making us all a little bit happier um on this planet so so that's what the school of life stuff's all about and then you've got um the road to character by david brooks the new york times journalist which is very much says that we spend our whole school and education and and professional lives focusing on our resume he's american resume virtues our cv virtues you know things like teamwork and collaboration and tenacity and 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 you know stuff like that whereas we don't spend much time focusing on our our um, eulogy virtues the sort of things that people describe us as um at our funerals you know when we when we die when we're gone you know that they were a kind person they were a warm person they were a considerate person they were a thoughtful person they were 
the patient person, a tolerant person, a a, a funny person who who just you know could just make a room come alive in in seconds or you know um yeah so so i think we the focus of education has shifted too far to measuring how good we are at all academic stuff and that means that some teachers and some schools and some academy trusts and probably the department for education as well has sort of bought into an excessive focus i am not trying to get rid of subjects i'm not trying to get rid of of academic pathways into life and academic education but i just think the emphasis has gone too far into that it's become too um you know fixated on on that as a measure of who we are as humans and and that's what matters and it's i guess it's the fault of of extreme capitalism and economics ultimately that that we have a sort of a system which is driving us into 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 work and and our obsession in the west um with increasing gdp and growth as being a measure of our success and 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 the idea that that then leads to trickle down happiness if you like and society and i'm not sure that's right you know there's there's a growing body of evidence to suggest that that's not not the best way to go so looking at how we do character education how we develop dispositions um and habits and how we uh, discuss things in the classroom and how you know if we're discussing our GCSE text in English you know whether it's inspector calls or of mice and men or whatever it is um, how far we give ourselves the freedom as teachers to go off piste and to explore the relationships and the people and the characters around us and and to celebrate what that individual both the teacher and the pupil brings to that moment brings to that classroom and 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 not to be worried about what that pupil needs to do um by the may of year 11 in order to answer their six marker or their nine marker or their 20 marker or their their you know whatever precisely and so it's 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 um uh i think it's a big 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 issue so um i think that's time for me to pause i've made it half an hour in by talking at you um thank you everyone for for being here and for for listening in um there's much more to talk about this i think i think we need to unpick memory and go back to the findings of paul's um survey paul taylor's survey at tiktok was it at tiktok 80 or at tiktok 20 on twitter i think um it is sorry um at TikTok 80 um Paul Taylor so um to go back to the findings of his survey about uh um what we remember most from school and to talk a bit more a bit more about what I remember most from school and why um that is and and maybe talk about a little bit about alternative forms of education and get a little bit into episodic memory and semantic memory which we've spoken about before and we will speak about again okay so um but this is TT Radio and Teachers Talk Radio, and it is time for some adverts and some news and then a tech update. And actually in the news, I had a little listen earlier on, there is an item that I may pick up on 
afterwards, um, which doesn't fully align with our discussion, but it's 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 a, it's an interesting, an interesting thing. Okay, so here you go, everybody. Um, stick with us if you're online listening live. Um, it's about eight minutes now. Adverts, news, and. Uh, tech update. So I'll be back in um, eight minutes for another 20 minutes of discussion. And who knows, Ed might slip in at the last minute. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Speak to you soon. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the program for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out. Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. With a Slack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. England, according to a report in The Guardian, classes are becoming cramped, not only because of larger class sizes, but because pupils are getting bigger. Elaine Paling, a National Executive Member of the NES UWT for Buckinghamshire, Milton Keynes and Oxfordshire, said, It's not just the number of pupils in the room, it's also about the increase in size of the pupils themselves. When I look around now, it's not the fact that these rooms have shrunk, it's that the students have grown.
In the 1970s, the average teenage boy was shorter, slighter and had smaller feet than today. Now they are crammed into chairs and desks, which are absolutely not suitable for them. And where do they put their feet? In the aisle. A survey released by the Office for National Statistics and the Centre for Statistical Education at Nottingham Trent University found that an average 15-year-old boy at the start of the century at 5 foot 8 inches was around 9 inches taller than someone of his age would have been in 1837. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, is to announce a new Natural History GCSE. The Department for Education said that the qualification will enable pupils to learn about environmental and sustainability issues. At present, pupils already learn about environmental issues through geography and science, but the government has said that the new course will go further. Mr Sahawi said... Sustainability and climate change are the biggest challenges facing mankind. None of us can be in any doubt just how critical they have become. The new Natural History GCSE will offer young people a chance to develop a deeper knowledge and understanding of this amazing planet, its environment and how to conserve it. The qualification will be available from September 2025. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about improving your skills. I listened to the morning show with Dorian Brown last Friday and he was discussing teachers' tech skills. I'm not here to start a discussion, that's his job. However, this week I investigate can you get better at tech for free? Is there any CPD out there that doesn't cost a fortune? The answer is yes. There's a lot of online self-paced courses out there and even some supported by bursary funding for cover to get you out of the classroom and trained in school time. So, what did I find? Let's start with free training. Let's face it, the big three companies in EdTech are Apple, Google and Microsoft. So, what do they offer? Apple Teacher is a free professional learning program designed to support and celebrate educators using Apple products for teaching and learning. As an educator, you can build skills on iPad and Mac that directly apply to activities with your students. Earn recognition for new things you learn and be rewarded for the great work you do every day. Sign into the program and work your way through the badges to get your Apple Teacher certificate. Google for Education offer a free training for educators. Courses range from beginner to advanced and there's also lots of courses on getting the most out of devices such of Chromebooks. They also have a certified program consisting of educator level 1 and level 2. All resources are free but if you want certification it's done through a paid exam. You can also go on to be a certified trainer, innovator and coach. Microsoft Educator Centre offers hundreds of free online self-paced courses for educators. All have a certificate attached and a badge that can be shared. There is also a dedicated educator pathway to become an innovative educator, trainer and expert. All of these are free. If you want to fine-tune a particular skill, there's loads of free training providers out there too. For example, Coursera is an online self-paced course platform that offers free training. If you want a certificate, you'll need to pay, but lots of courses are free and if you don't need proof of completion, go for it. 
Finally, there's lots of different hubs out there to provide bursary funded CPD for schools, computing, maths, English and MFL to name a few. A great way to find out what's on offer is to contact your local teaching school hub as they will know what is available in your area. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Oh, hello, um, and welcome back. I think I didn't mean to block anybody. Ah, oh, there we go. Hello, how are you doing? I've got to call in. So, so um, drama, drama, Shaz. Who? What's your real name? Duck. Hello, Aop Duck. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. How are you? I'm okay. So, what did you want to say about about this discussion and about 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 the um, our memories of school and things like that? Oh, bloody hell! Um, I have to remember oh, not to swear to because you. I have to believe you. I'm, I'm yeah, a bit of a because I said I just said bloody. Well, that's why Ed and I do the do the um, late late show. You know, we're yeah, the I know shows. you do, and I love you both. Oh, thank you. So. I I was like a very inner city Nottingham kid. Okay, my son's um, at uni at Nottingham Trent. Um, yes, he's loving it. Nice city. Is he? Party, fun party city. Well, he's yes, yes, he is. He's your he's, son is there. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah. Don't oh, get so close to him. welcome to welcome to him <laughs> to Nottingham. Um, yeah, we're bogger, we're bogger talk in Nottingham, and we're very different. And yeah, so absolutely, um, you know, that that's quite exciting. So my son's going off to um, London. Right, off to London, which, which what, to university or to, to, to the, just to the city? No, well, because of the city, basically. Right, yeah. Well, London is, you know, a lot of people find London hard to deal with, but one can't deny being objective that it is one of the world's truly great cities. And, and so, yeah. you know, it almost needs to be thought as a, a, apart from England, really. It's not, it's not really it's, <laughs> it's too, it's too different to, to the whole of England to be considered as an English city. It's just a global city. and, and I think many... he just finds that the ultimate challenge of living in the UK that he yeah. needs to go to London. And I completely yeah. agree with him because I wish I'd done that and I didn't. I just got married and got provincial and, yeah. But, no, he's doing absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> we all get a bit provincial in the end. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to deprovincialize. But, but what, were you, what, what, what did you want to say about, um, about the kind of, you know, our, our memories of school and, and, and the context of you, you being in inner city Nottingham or, or going to school? Oh, in my God, Nottingham. all of that. Um, so I'm a very much an inner city Nottingham girl yeah. who went to an all-girls grammar school. Right. In inner city Nottingham, <laughs> and um, so we were like, no, it was such a weird experience that we that that I kind of, you know, I grew up with minors, and then I was like in this all girls grammar school, and we yeah we were given like massive opportunities, yeah, to but but no, it was. 
actually a whole load of crap, really. And what's happening <laughs> now is even worse. Yeah. Because so I when... did it. I ended up doing it anyway, despite yeah. the system. I still got a first-class degree at Russell Group University. Yes. However. In in what subject? Um, Drama? English. No. English, English, okay. Um, okay, and so, and when, do you mind me asking when you were at grammar school in Nottingham? Can you share that with us? Oh, my goodness, yeah, because I'm getting to that point where I'm ancient, where, you know, <laughs> no, 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 I was, I was, uh, that was in the 1970s. No, okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so you so you were in grammar school in the seventies. Okay, so I was school in the eighties. So so um, yeah, it's still. I mean, I I'm in Kent. I live in Kent, so it's a very grammar school region. Oh still. my God, you're a Kent. Well, I'm from Devon originally, but but um, but Kent is is very grammar school dominated, and so in the grammar schools, um, of course, there's a huge academic focus um, on getting you know, uh, Russell Group University and Ox Oxbridge places. Um, and so there's a big academic push. But as you say, have you suggested yourself the opportunities and the kind of other extracurricular stuff um, that, that occurs is, is quite a big deal. Um, and but it, yeah, OK, so so there's a there's a sort of contrast there. But um, go on, expand a little bit more on what's going wrong now, in your opinion, as, as I've been sort of inferring, I think. But um yeah, okay. So so we're trying to get more and more inner city kids to get into Oxford and Russell Group universities. Yeah, we're pushing the, them to get higher grades. Yeah, there's a, there's a yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. some of the big problems that are happening now, and I think he's gonna like come back and bite us yeah. at the moment, you know, inner city kids are all being told they've got to follow very middle-class career pathways. Yes, absolutely. Gosh, I'm glad you're raising this because I can sort of see it. Well, you know, you don't come from an affluent middle-class background like I do, and I'm in private school, so I can't, I sort of can't comment on these things without being shot down sometimes. So carry on, though. Carry on. That's that's interesting. I'm enjoy enjoying this. And so, what we've got is like more kids studying law. They're, they're all mostly inner city kids studying law because they've been told that that's, that's a great career. That's where the money is. That's where you're going to turn into a white middle-class person. You're going to turn into Boris Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what also <laughs> is happening, it's like we're, we're doing a careers thing and they've been the, the kids have been asked... What do you want? What careers do you want to learn about in in the uh, career week? Yeah, and the biggest one again is law. Yeah, well, they I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of dependent dependent on lawyers at the moment. But yes, lawyers, and I've got a couple of lawyer friends as well. But but I think, um, but also the STEM thing as well is 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 has been big, hasn't it? Trying to get more people into into um, it's all economically driven. Um, stuff isn't it so um but i think i think where it's interesting is that you know i i am all for you know pulling you know people out of you know the most important thing that we can do as a society is to try and 
pull people out of poverty. Um, you know, equality is important, but you know, not everyone can not be... a good word. Not good words to use. Pull people out of poverty. They think well, no, about no, what no. You sorry, said. no. But what I what I, what I mean is that that I think, but the idea that um, I don't know. We're trying to we're trying to push people into into really really high grades in really narrow fields of study <laughs> um at, six, at 16 we? and at 18 a bit we are with the, the focus on on english maths the ebac sort of subjects and stuff the arts have been diminished the, the, and, and that's what i was going to pick up from Thank the news you. The, uh, the arts have been, I'm a scientist and I worked in science and industry for, for 16 years. So, so, but I think that, that, you know, you, you can kind of, um, uh, arts at school and in life is, is equally important to, to science and maths and, and, and English, because you kind of, it, it just broadens your mind. It makes you look at the world in a different way, and it and it also, you know, it's a way of developing. Going back to the original discussion, it's a sort of way of developing yeah. character, different aspects and, of our character. And um, that there are jobs that are equally important. Remember that the biggest industry in our country is arts. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, they, they, but you see, but then, then we get into the whole thing, and this is what I've always gone back. It's very difficult Aye. to get education right, isn't it? Because we get into the whole thing that school is not supposed to be just about getting people into employment, but a lot of people think mm. it is. And yes, it, it's, and and it's it's not meant to be. It's school's meant to just be a platform, a foundation for both, um, you know, the kind of cognitive academic foundations that we all need to be a, a functioning citizen um in part of our culture but also you know the, the the character and stuff that we need to but a lot of that stuff character gets developed outside school in families i hate that word what character yeah that's so boris so boris okay well you know i, I it's okay you wanted to call that's in to so discuss... that's so eaten isn't it we're what? developing the character. Well, but that's what we've been talking about with the, with the survey of what we remember. So I'm going to ask you now to go back to the survey, and then I'll then I'll then I'll close the the show off um with a bit of other discussion um about something else. But what do you remember most um school in in your grammar school days in the seventies in Nottingham? What do you remember most um about school? Was it the teachers? Is it the lessons, the subjects? Was it the extracurricular um, stuff or the sort of residentials, any visits you had? What's, what sticks most firmly in the memory from, from all those decades ago? The rebellion. The rebellion. Rebelled. You're still rebelling now. You're ringing in and, 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 and having a good discussion here. It's good. Stick, keep rebelling. It's important, I think. Um, I get more rebellious and anarchistic as the oldest I get, older I get. Hey, I, I, I kind of love you. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, so you remember the rebellion now? Yeah, we did it... a sitting. What happened in my school was that they said, right, this was this like ridiculous, like girls' grammar school. You can no longer have school dinners without, like, this thing. So you have to 
um, because we uh, and they they told us that we had to have either sandwiches or school dinners and it had to be signed off by our parents. So we did a sit-in. Yeah. In our school. Very good. Um, uh, and no, it's not so Boris. Thank you, Education Taylor. I didn't think it was so Boris. Um, and um, I think that um, there's been some comments on the chat. So I, I think that, um, yeah, but rebellion is, is sort of part of being an adolescent, isn't it? It's a part of finding our way. Even if we had schools that weren't the way you think schools are now or were back then, we would all there, there is a tendency amongst the vast majority of adolescents to to kind of um rebel a little bit um you know so i think um i think that's you know so e even if we had fundamentally overhauled the education system there are going to be disenfranchised 14 15 16 year olds across the land because that's the nature of of um being an adolescent in the, in in the modern modern world you know probably was always the nature of it but just adolescence hadn't been invented as a concept about it right but, but we, we do want to know we, we the rebellion thing has always been and teenagers have always been there yeah so anyway um, I'm okay. going to. I'm never just quite sure how to say. Thank you very much for calling in and sharing your story. I'm never sure how to finish a call exactly. Um, how do I do that? I don't know on here because I don't norm. We don't normally have people calling in. Do I click on you? <laughs> I don't know what I do. No, it's do okay. I'll mute myself now. All right. Okay. Bye, thank darling. You very much. All right, thank you. Um, so, just we've got six minutes. I'm gonna gonna because I haven't got Ed. Um, I'm gonna finish on time for the first time for for ages. Um, but um, it's got six more minutes, and I'm gonna play you a little bit of my monitor of Korg. So, I think um, because I haven't got into what I remember most about school and teachers, and and I think Ed and I can have quite a funny discussion about that um, next week, perhaps about what it is we remember, and maybe our three most memorable teachers for all the right and all the wrong reasons, and our three most memorable this and that. I think we have a good discussion about that. But just to pick up on the on the character stuff, on the comment um, made before the news by um, Paul on in the chat about, uh, was it, um, the qualifications get you in the door slash interview, the character gets you the job. I think that is is generally true. Um, I, I remember when I worked at Pfizer, uh, uh, in from 2001 to 2011 as a pharmaceutical scientist um i was responsible for interviewing and i've talked about this on here in a different context before interviewing the um, undergraduate placement students used to come and do a year you know do two years of their degree and then come and work in industry for a year and then then come back um go back and finish their degree also interviewed a lot of graduates as well and and um so and it was so frustrating because you know Pfizer's obviously a a prestige science based company so it employs quite highfalutin graduates with high qualifications you know mostly russell group universities or oxbridge um or, or obviously global universities as well um and and also um people with a lot of a stars at a level and and you know a really shiny shiny high qualifications and yes more so than when i was an undergraduate in in the early 90s um i'm 
unfortunately, <laughs> those qualifications do get you through the door and get you to the interview. And so it's very hard if you don't have the good grades to get your foot in the door. Um, but <laughs> when we employed when we employed people who who just were really, really good on paper, um, they were sort of automatons a lot of the time because they'd been so focused so so focused on this academic attainment and academic achievement and and learning how to answer exam questions properly um, rather than learning how to think freely for themselves and and perhaps learning how to communicate clearly with other people and so we we sort of used to look at the back page of the cv before the front page um and and you know and look at you know what else they'd done and how they expressed themselves in their sort of personal statement um, part of the applications and and it made such a difference um, and so I think uh, but it's it's a hard one to talk about in the modern world this kind of character development um, I obviously have been slammed for sounding like Boris um, but I don't think it is like Boris at all as as Tom and and Paul on on the chat have also agreed that I think that, um, you know, our, our characters developed through family and friends and life experience, just as much as it is in school. We can't, you know, I, I wouldn't want us to kind of bin subjects completely and just teach lessons based on character. And, 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 and but I think a greater time spent talking about this and, and really for children, of all ages, whether they're seven in a primary school or, or 11 in a primary school or 14, 12, 14, 16, 18, oh. for them to engage with adults. I'm really privileged because I've got this really weird family. So I'm very not, I'm not ageist in any way. I've, I've kind of grown up with people much older than me. My dad was much older than my mum. And, and so I don't really look at age as a thing. Whereas at schools, you know, we're in these little narrow age boundaries and it's really important for children to see the world through the lens of their teachers or or through the lens of other adults and likewise that's what's great about being a teacher isn't it seeing the world through the lens of children as well and and i think that more time for that more time to discuss um things and to get to know people um i'm just going to talk a bit about um a friend family friend who i saw um, on Monday, on my way back, and she is, um, uh, she sends her kids to a school, I think it's called the Acorns, down in Stroud. She's a bit of a hippie, very cool hippie, very, very um, intelligent hippie, um, and used to send her kids to Steiner schools, but this is like a similar to sort of Steiner school, but a bit different. Um, it's a bit sort of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an alternative form of, of school education. That They don't do exams, um, but they still study subjects, but they kind of join the subjects together, much more themed, much more discussion, much more collaborative learning, um, etc. And of course, that is going to develop your character um, a lot better learning that way than just having your head in a book or your head in a practice exam paper or your head in a booklet um, or, or a very... Um, and so... Uh, you know, I think it's important to get the balance and it's hard to get the balance right. Um, so coming to the end, um, and I've, I've said I was going to finish on time. I'm not because there's only five seconds left. So I won't finish. I'll go over a little bit. But I think um, 
what we've talked about in the show, what I've talked about and with, with my um, call in and also with um, those of you in the chat is we've sort of really talked about the, the survey, Paul's oh, yeah. survey and this idea that, that, you know, developing character, building relationships in the school day between children, between teachers and children is is a key part of education and it's not just about the kind of academic stuff so next week ed and i will pick up on that and we'll be do part two on this and really think about the difference between sort of episodic memory and those big memories that we remember from the big events but also from the kind of people and those relationships with people and how that people that person made us feel about the world and about the subjects and we'll pick up on that and ed and i will reflect together on on the things that we remember most about our school days in the in the mainly in the 80s as well so um but it wouldn't be a toby and ed late late chat show without a bit of music i can't play the ukulele or the harmonica but i have got this weird Korg, so I'm going to play out with a little bit of Korg. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for calling in and contributing. Um, I am going to um, look forward to speaking to you all next week. So I'll have a little bit of this. Uh, um, thank you very, very much. Um, hang on, sound. Why has I not got any sound? Here we go. Oh, that's a bit fast, isn't it? It's not behaving this week. This is for Ed. I've missed you, Ed. Thank you all very much. Back next week. talk about episodic and semantic memory and to talk about the teachers we remember from school and why we remember what we do and trying to kind of um you know just reinvent education a little bit thank you very much for listening everybody Listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.